High schoolers who don't look white are experiencing racism at higher rates than others, according to new research, and it's coming from teachers, police, healthcare providers and their classmates. The research published in The Lancet today provides the data and context in a detail that backs up the lived and shared anecdotes of many people of colour. A short time ago, I spoke to the researchers at the University of Auckland, Associate Professors Rachel Simon-Kuma and Roshini Paris-John of Waipapa Taumataro. I began by asking Rachel about the significance. Racism has been studied for in so many different ways over long periods of time. I think a place where we come in with a point of difference is the granularity with which we're understanding racism. When we talk about racism, we tend to talk about it as a majority group that has an unequal relationship with a minority group. Our study is actually looking at racism in a far more complex way. We're saying that even amongst minority groups, there are differences. There are minorities who, for example, are wealthier than others, and they have certain protections, if you'd like to put it that way, against racism. And the same thing also in terms of the way they present in society or how society sees them. If they look, say, for example, perceived to be white, they have some more protections. Um, And so looking at racism in this complex and almost contradictory sense is actually quite unique, I would say, in our study. It's also unique simply because these are, at some level, things that we all talk about anecdotally. But this is the first time we actually have the data. We've got 20,000 young people's responses from a survey that actually point to the evidence um, showing that there is um, impact of racism in the set level. I also think this is an important study because it talks about colorism and shadism. And we're familiar with what that might mean. And um, and this is, I think, again, capturing that in, in terms of data is, in, is quite an unusual and extraordinary study. What methodology did you use in terms of trying to dif- differentiate or identify colorism and shadism, like you say? So that question uh, was around perceived ethnicity. So we asked young people, how do other people perceive them to be? Or what ethnicity do other people perceive them to be? And depending on their answers, that's what we used in the analysis. And anybody, any student who said that they are perceived to be European or Pakeha, uh, we categorized as perceived as white. And Roshini, how stark is the difference in treatment? Who is it the, the worst for? We found less affluent minorities have the worst outcomes. For example, ethnic minorities who have come from low and middle, lower income countries like from South Asia, newer migrants who are in New Zealand for less than five years, first generation or second generation migrants, especially those young people from Pacifica uh, ethnic groups uh, were the worst affected. We also found discrimination was low for young people who were perceived to be European or white, even though they came from minority ethnicities like Pacifica, Asian, Middle Eastern, Latin American or African uh, origins. So they experienced less interpersonal uh, discrimination by teachers, police and healthcare providers if they reported that they were perceived to be European or uh, white. Um, So These findings are significant because 
we found statistically significant differences uh, within minority groups as well. So, yeah. What are the effects of this sort of treatment, both long-term, short-term, but for society at large? What the study showed is that at an individual level, there were certainly impacts. So, for example, if you were from a low-income country, you're more likely to experience material disadvantage, more deprivation, more poverty. Uh, We also found that there was um, impacts in terms of discrimination experienced uh, as interpersonal relationships. So young people who were perceived to be white or not perceived to be white were likely to experience more discrimination from their teachers, from their peers, more bullying, more um, or from or from police even. Um, so there were interpersonal discriminatory factors as well. We also found effects in terms of health, mental health, in terms of being able to um, access health care. So those who were uh, materially deprived or were poor found it harder to um, access health care. So there was a range of um, both interpersonal health and social and economic factors, um, effects that um, were reported in the study that were significant. significant. But at a larger uh, scale, at society, what are the effects? I think this is a a telling study. Um, It tells us that we have to pay attention to how we understand racism, particularly as New Zealand becomes more and more demographically mixed. We are seeing more of multi-ethnicity. We are a bicultural nation, but we are also multi-ethnic in demographic terms. And we need to understand that there are complex relationships amongst and between minority groups, groups, just as much as there are complex relationships between minority and majority groups. And I think our study is a way of opening up uh, ways in which we can understand these relationships in more complex ways. And with this sort of research, what can it do in order to inform practices, um, you know, conduct, essentially where to from here? I think it is important for us to understand that racism is a complex uh, thing and recognizing that there are differences even amongst uh, ethnic minorities in the way which young people experience racism would help us to have targeted uh, interventions and move away from that one-size-fits-all approach to addressing racism because a one-size-fits-all approach will leave some young people behind based on the findings of this study. So thinking of socioeconomic interventions as well as interventions related to interpersonal relationships uh, are key, but being mindful that these interventions need to be targeted differently to different groups is important. Could I I add a sentence to that? So... um... We looked at the effect of wealth and we looked at the effect of whiteness. So these were the two contrasting variables that we looked at. So those who are wealthy had more protections against racism. Those who were perceived to be white had certain protections against racism. So therefore, any kinds of interventions, we argue, when you look at racism, have to address these both these um, aspects, both the wealth and the whiteness. In terms of wealth, we would argue that you should have interventions that actually prevent or stop young people from falling into poverty, into deprivation, because that seems to add to the racism that they um, uh, experience. On the whiteness side, we were talking about how do we change society's perceptions of what is seen to be 
um, valuable and how, how colorism works. And that is something we have to change people's minds. In the case of young people, their teachers, the police, the employers, the landlords, and the, the people and people in authority that they come uh, into contact with, how do we get them to understand that we have to treat everyone, regardless of the way they present themselves, fairly, equitably. 